You're listening to Conversations in the Cloud, a weekly podcast where IT leaders exchange insights about issues around cloud architectures for the data center. And now your host, Alison Klein. Welcome to Conversations in the Cloud. I'm Allison Klein, and today I'm here with James Rakapaw from Parallels. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. So, James, Parallels is a major player in the virtualization space, has been in, in that space for quite a long time, but today we're really talking about the transformation to cloud computing and what Parallels has been doing with infrastructure as a service. Can you provide us just a background on the company and in your role in the company and then a position on how Parallels views that transformation of virtualization into service level delivery in the cloud. The company was formed back in uh, 2000, and it, it was really focused on uh, automation for hosters at the time. Now, all of a sudden, hosters have now become cloud service providers. So when names morph, uh, we look at figuring out how to help those service providers uh, deliver cloud services. Uh, so the automation software that's needed to deliver cloud services runs a range of everything from software as a service, web services, messaging and collaboration, platform as a service, and obviously now infrastructure as a service. Uh, our virtualization focus has been uh, delivered through uh, something known as Parables Containers, and uh, we also have hypervisor technology. Uh, but what we're hearing from our uh, service provider partners is um, their customers are asking for choice. Our automation needs to be able to address um, that choice. So we're now supporting Microsoft Hyper-V, and uh, we're bringing on VMware support as well. So at the automation layer, we need to be what we'll call virtualization agnostic and let the end customers decide you know, how much do they want to pay and uh, what sort of virtualization technology do they want to utilize in the cloud. Can you just do a brief comparison of containers versus hypervisors and the, the technical delivery uh, of the two? Parallels Virtuoso Containers is, uh, is based on something known as operating system virtualization. So we basically virtualize the kernel. Uh, you have multiple people accessing the kernel. Uh, it's very dense. Uh, can get incredible n- um, numbers in terms of you know how many containers can you actually support on a Linux or Windows box compared to virtual machines. But it does have uh, a restriction, and that restriction is is the users can't touch the kernel. So if my application is a web app, you know we can run hundreds of containers um, per machine. Um, You do that same thing with the virtual machine technology and your density is cut way down, but you get the option of being able to touch the kernel and you you fully virtualize all the hardware instead of just virtualizing the operating system. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, When you look at the cloud service provider industry, and I I chuckled when you said we used to call them hosters, but they're the same people. Um, You know, I think that they've had more of a notion of utilizing a full array of virtualization solutions. How do you see this evolving the market as we move into broader adoption of cloud and um, federated clouds between um, enterprise data centers and hosters? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting market uh, as you, you watch um, the adoption of what we'll call, I'll call public cloud. Their primary targets have been mainly SMBs, Um, because SMBs are um, utilizing public cloud services more rapidly than the the enterprises are. Uh, Enterprises are using cloud services internally, but not as much externally, uh, just because um, I think some of the the software capabilities are still evolving. Um, It's moving up the stack, if you will. 
uh, as more enterprises do hybrid public-private. But the public side of that is still relatively private because you're typically doing it through like a VPN or, or some other type of tunneling technology from a network standpoint. So it's not truly open IP networking that you're using uh, to get access to your quote-unquote public cloud infrastructure. Recently, you demonstrated um, a trusted computing infrastructure as a service model, and that was in reflection of Open Data Center Alliance usage models. But let's go back to June of this year. Um, Parallels was one of the first solutions provider members of that organization. What was the driving point uh, to becoming a member of that organization? And what do you gain from a standpoint of interplay with end customers? So there's the the interplay between um, the, the Fortune 500. Many of them are looking at how do they offer public cloud services. So everybody from, you know, the big hosters of the world um, they're large enterprises. Mm-hmm. And so um, our automation software needs to address um, you know, their large enterprise needs while still being able to service what an SMB needs to be able to consume easily. Uh, if you think about uh, what they need to, what a service provider needs to deliver, it's really about an easy to use service catalog, control panels that are customized on the fly for the end user as they adopt different applications, and it becomes their central point of access to all things in the cloud. You need to be able to do all the business management, marketing plans, service plans, billing. So you need to be able to provision both software that's on-premise, off-premise, infrastructure that's on-premise, off-premise. So it runs a big range of what they have to provide. And when you start getting into some of the larger enterprises and things like email archiving, then compliance issues come into play. Uh, some countries don't want the email data leaving the country. So wait, my cloud service can't be off-premise in another country. So it becomes rather complex of what the service provider has to offer, especially as they move up stack, if you will, in terms of the, the size of the customers that they're, they're servicing. Can you talk about the implementation that you showed and, and how that ties in with the requirements that the Open Data Center Alliance targeted? There's two aspects. The first one is the concept of trusted computing or security monitoring. And uh, VMware, uh, working with uh, HITRUST, has implemented something known as Intel Trusted Execution Technology, TXT. And it's a secure boot process. Um, and the idea behind that is that uh, when you're booting a Type 1 hypervisor, you want to make sure that uh, a rootkit can't be injected underneath it. Um, so uh, VMware worked uh, with Intel to implement the trusted boot process for VMware ESX. Uh, High Trust is working on the concept of well, how do I now monitor where all those VMs are running and are they running on a secure platform? That provides the security monitoring aspect of the solution so we can say that that is indeed a trusted cloud compute infrastructure, but it's a private cloud infrastructure because there's no way to expose it in the public cloud. They don't have the automation software to go along with that. So now that we're expanding support, VMware is part of our virtualization strategy for automation. Therefore, we can say, uh, let's put together uh, what would that look like for a public cloud offering? Because your average enterprises will probably do fine at managing the budget for that. But take your average SMB and they'll look at the compliance regulations of, say, maybe needing a trusted compute pool but they would never be able to invest in it because it's just out of reach. Uh, but now because a hoster has scale, they can offer a trusted compute pool with Parallels Automation on the front end, uh, managing the access to the trusted compute virtual machines they deliver as a service plan. Um, if people want to learn more about your company, where do they go? www.parallels.com slash cloud services is a, is a good link. Well, thank you so much for being on the program today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.